Buckle up that chin strap. It's time for college football across the South. The Southern Blitz is here with your co-hosts, Jordan Wallace and Drew Adair. If you didn't enjoy this past weekend slate of games, then you need to check your pulse. We had a ton of evenly matched games that went right down to the wire, Drew. We're obviously going to get into them, but before we do, we'll update you on our weekly pick'em. We'll have Justin Rowland on from Cats Illustrated to give us his insight on Kentucky this year and preview of their big game against Florida coming up this weekend. Uh, then we're going to run through our stock up, stock down as we go through this past weekend's games before wrapping up with a preview of this upcoming week, and we're going to end it with my big three bets. And before we go further, Drew, on that topic, I want to I want to make it known that there is a big asterisk on my bets from this week. I'm not thrilled with it. I gave you guys the lines as they were. Um, obviously, I went two and one for those that, you know, didn't bet it. You know, we won the South Carolina bet. We won the A&M bet. The Oklahoma bet, I actually did win myself because I took that line at 13 and a half. Then it jumped up to 14 and a half when we did the pod. That's when I gave it to you guys. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to live with it at 14 and a half. Well, that line then jumped back down to 14 even. So I would have at least gotten a push. But the Sooners won by 14 and cost me a win on the big three bets. Yeah, we got to start. I'll tell you, we got to start doing the big three bets on Sunday. Sunday. I know. Get the the good lines before they they go up or down. An individual pod, just just getting the people the information. I mean, we're putting everybody at a disadvantage here, Jordan. This is not fair to our podcasters. No. It's not not fair. And and combined with last year, I'm now 19 and 10. Um, Man, that just 20 and 9 would have been a lot sexier. So it's not bad. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe the the listeners need to take you – Take take you out or something. Take you out for dinner or something like that. Jordan, hey, buy buy I, you something. Take care. I'm of I'm buying them dinner. They'll just they'll just listen I, to the picks. You know that's right. And, you know and I and I, again with my big three bets, I keep them to Big Twelve and SEC only, because uh, that's what we watch the most of. That's what I know the best. I I did bet a few of the other conferences uh, this past week, and I went eight and one overall. So it's a it's a good day. I might you know no ramen for the family this week. No ramen. No ramen. No, Although, hey, hey, we we can always enjoy ramen though at the right time. At the right, of time. course, of course. So, but anyway, we'll get into our pick'em picks and and how our guys did this week. So, apparently, I did not make the picks hard enough this week, Drew. Um, everybody did really well. I mean, I think the two of the tougher ones, you know, Alabama, Ole Miss was probably the one that the most people got wrong. Um, Ohio State Notre Dame was a tough one, you know. Look at look at how rough Ryan Day took that that win, you know. Yeah. Think think calling about being that angry man. after you win. Yeah. yeah, calling out old man. I mean, hey, I, I love the joke. I mean, Lou Lou was he had already been four hours of sleep at that point in time. I mean, <laughs> the poor guy. I mean, he just got done watching uh, probably Matlock or Andy Griffith's show. <laughs> probably gone to bed and he wakes up at probably 3 30 a.m to use the bathroom for the fifth time and he, he's he's complaining that he sees ryan day trash talking him i mean it's, it's our, embarrassing embarrassing for our, for our older listeners i am happy to provide drew's home mailing address and uh you can you can write a strongly worded letter because let's be honest you still use a typewriter um, oh good stuff yeah good stuff no but that being said 
man, if you missed that game, what a great game Ohio State-Notre Dame was. I mean, that was vintage Big Ten football right down to the gritty end, Drew. And, you know, obviously we don't talk a lot of the, the northern teams, but I will say if you miss the end of this game, Ohio State gets a huge conversion down at the end. They get to the one-yard line, and they've got about, I think, seven seconds. Left. they got enough time for two plays, and they don't get in on the first try. They do get in barely on the second try to win it. The crazy thing, Drew, and I'm not sure if you saw this, Notre Dame only had ten players on the field for both of those both plays, plays at the one-yard line. Both yeah. plays. Yeah, saw that. Somebody's getting fired for that. <laughs> yeah, they've already got they they got fired by the time they got to the locker room. I'm pretty sure for that. So uh, I yeah, that's just awful. And you look at how they're lined up. I mean, it, you it looks like they're missing a defensive lineman. I, they're just really really small front against a goal line package like that. And I I don't know. That's that's got to be a bitter pill to swallow if you're an Irish fan, though. Absolutely, because I mean, unfair advantage. I mean, what? Imagine what if. You know, what if? But, yep. hey, who who am I to speak on this? I know nothing about teams that are undisciplined, Jordan. Nothing about oh, that. Wow. Well, well, we'll get into your team later. Um, as far as our pick goes, we actually had the worst record this week, Drew. And this is why I've got to make the pick harder, apparently. Our, our worst record was four and three. Um, and I guess that Ole Miss Bama was the one that people had the most trouble with. You know, we, we had five people – go undefeated and go 7-0 and this week. We First round, we, did, we didn't have a single person go undefeated in all four rounds. Um, yeah. You know, first first week of the, the new round, and we had Ryan from OU, Nick from UT Arlington, Roger from University of Texas, Adam from University of Texas, and Sarah from Texas A&M. A lot of Texas flavor in there. Um, mm-hmm. All go undefeated and go 7-0 and this week. So kudos to all of you put you in a really nice spot to, to finish in that top 16 and advance to the next round. Um, but speaking of the next round, let me go ahead and list off those games. You know, first one, I think Drew will like, but Texas A&M versus Arkansas, Florida versus Kentucky, Arkansas State versus UMass. That's right. Boise State <laughs> versus Memphis, LSU versus Ole Miss, Notre Dame versus Duke, and Pitt versus Virginia Tech. What a slate. Right. I'm, I'm telling a... you. So, we're, you know, we got some big games in there, too. But, yeah, at the Arkansas State, UMass, I found some spreads that were, like, one point and teams off the beaten path. We're going we're gonna to make this tougher on people. I don't, I don't want my worst record for a week to be four and three. We're going we're gonna to see how bad we can get you guys. Yeah, you know, in this past week, I mean – Nothing really necessarily surprising. I feel like everybody pretty much, you know, took care of business. Close games for sure. But mm-hmm. this week right here, man, whew, it's going to test your uh, your football expertise yeah. and your luck and your luck. No. And, and like you said, there weren't weren't a lot of upsets this past week. Some great games. A lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, there that was the one thing missing was, you know, a giant upset. So, anyway – you're going to miss picks. That's what we want. We're, we're trying to create a little fun in this thing. Um, but speaking of missing picks, Drew, I think it's, I think it's time that we get into our uh, segment of the week, Mulligan time. You get one, you get one Mulligan per conference. Well, going both ways. Um, obviously Drew and I released our preseason rankings for both big 12 and SEC. So we're going to, we're going to talk about our Mulligans for the season and who we were the most wrong on. 
Um, Drew, why don't you why don't you give me your first one with the Big Twelve? Who were you too high on to start the season? First of all, I'd like to say it's extremely rare that we're wrong. I mean, we we have very rarely been wrong on this pod. That's why we are <laughs> yeah. the best pod in the land. Just uh, ask us. We'll tell just you. Just ask us. You know, Big Twelve. I'm going Baylor. Uh, Jordan had them way too high. I think I, I can't even remember, but they're in the top four for me. No, um, he had them at five oh, in the conference. Five. I've got it okay, pulled up. Still, Still too high. Uh, you know, obviously a little bit of an asterisk there. Didn't know Blake Shapin was not going to play. Also didn't know Sawyer uh, was going to be so freaking bad either. Yeah. Uh, but uh, definitely had Baylor too high. Uh, it's funny because I remember picking them at five thinking, could they go higher? Um, but, uh, yeah, just no. ugly, 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 and uh, going to get worse before this thing gets uh, even slightly better. So what about you, buddy? Yeah. You, you already know what my answer is going to be. It was my, my dark horse contender. I had all the way at number three in the Big 12, Texas Tech. The kings and, of the Big 12. I mean, you, you get upset by Wyoming. And I was like, okay, we're, we're, we're going to rebound from that. And then, you know, they played well against Oregon. They really did. They'd still lose. And then they go this week and they get, they get beat by West Virginia. Hmm. Um. And they, they lose starting quarterback Tyler Shuff, and I'm assuming for the season. I don't know if you saw that injury, but your ankle is not meant to bend that way. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and assume he's gone for the season, which might not even be a bad thing at this point because uh, not that the offense looked good under Baron Morton. But anyway, regardless, putting him at three was clearly not the way to go. They don't belong up there. Um, and a hat tip to me putting Oklahoma State at seven. Which, again, I, to, to clarify that, I said Oklahoma State was not very good. I just said their schedule was so weak it would make up for it. But not even their schedule could save them. Right. So, all right, Drew, who, uh, who'd you have too low in the Big 12? It's kind of tough, man. The Big 12 has just kind of been uh, wacky to this point. But I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and give it to BYU. I mean, BYU, I, I didn't have them at 3-1 at this stage, I don't think. I mean, I think I had them losing – uh, you know, to Kansas and Arkansas both. And so tip of the hat for beating the Hogs. But they played solid. I mean, they didn't, you know, get beat terribly against Kansas, although they did get a, a nice welcome to the Big 12 Big moment 12. there in that game. Right. But I think BYU's hanging pretty good. We'll see what they can do the rest of the season. They've got a kind of tough slate to go. Um, but so far, if you're a BYU fan, I think you've got to be happy with the, the way uh, Keaton Slovis has played and, and the possibilities uh, maybe for the future. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, especially coming into the Power Five and, you know, Drew, you had him obviously at, uh, let's see, you had him all the way down at number 12. So, yeah, I had him way down there. So, definitely over uh, overperformed your expectations. Um, yeah, they showed me. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and mine's kind of an easy one. I had I had Kansas down at nine. Um, did you really? I did. I You know, I thought Golly. Kansas was going to somewhat revert back to – Kansas and yeah. man not at all I mean that you know I, I should have flipped them in Texas Tech clearly because Kansas is I mean they're do not sleep on the Jayhawks because you see the name Kansas that is a legitimately good football team so yeah they are um with a good quarterback with yeah. a good quarterback and, and a special hat tip for both of us because I had West Virginia at 12 going into the season and Drew you had him at 14 and looking, look at the Mountaineers. They're three and one right now. So, yeah, do you think uh, you think Neil Brown's uh, thank you card has made it down to Lubbock yet? 
for uh, what, what do you what do you think for for keeping his job? I mean, the guy's keeping his job week by week, man. It's amazing. I, you know, I I don't know what to make of it. I mean, they bit beat in Pittsburgh and Texas Tech, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Take it. Um, but let's move over to the SEC. Uh, I guess I'll I'll kick us off with that one. You know, it was it was tougher. My my SEC picks aren't as bad. Um, it helps that we split them up by division, but you know. At, at this point, I had Tennessee number two in the East, and that's probably too high because they lost to Florida, who I had at six in the East. Um, and I think they've got a few more losses coming, most likely. So I'll, I'll, I'll pick the Vols for now. I, 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 don't, I, I don't feel that strongly as I do on the Big 12 ones, but I'll say I'm probably, I was probably a little high on Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, and that was, that was probably my – one one A one B type situation, but I I'll take Alabama on this. Everybody knows that I picked Alabama to win the SEC outright this year, and boy was I wrong about the Jalen Miller. Although they had a nice win this past weekend against Ole Miss for sure, but definitely put a little little too much stock into Alabama coming back and dominating this year. Um, it could still happen. Definitely a lot of season left to play, but so far uh, the West is fairly wide open and the east is really wide open so yeah uh, two two picks we both thought would probably play a lot better to this point and man they just uh i don't it's aren't I, I i don't know that i agree with you Drew. I, I you know I, I obviously alabama has not looked like alabama but i don't know that there's anybody that i think yeah that team is definitely better than alabama sure i mean sure we've seen a lot of weaknesses from lsu who's arguably their top competition so yeah. um and you know what, yeah. Jordan? I, I'll put a spin on it real quick with Alabama. Maybe we were focusing too much on what the offense was going to do and not what the defense is doing currently. The defense <clears throat> is playing really well. They're winning the ball games. Maybe we need to shift our mentality to what they're doing right instead of what they're doing wrong. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there are two sides of the football. You don't have to win them both. So we've talked about that. Um all right, too low. Who were you too low on, Drew? I mean, I feel like I've been eating crow all year on my zoo <laughs> at this point. I'm gonna keep eating it. And you know what? I'm even going go I'm gonna go down to the individual player. Brady Cook, my friend, tip of the cap, because you have been playing some good ball. Uh I love it. Three forty one, two touchdowns this past week in St. Louis. Uh, they played well, Jordan, with a chance to go five and oh. We all looked at the schedule in the beginning. We thought this could be possible if they could get past K-State. They've done it. Uh, they beat Vandy, man. I mean, 5-0 going into LSU. you got to be excited if you're a Mizzou Tiger fan. So, definitely going to eat my crow on that. I had them ranked uh, – where did I have them, Jordan? In the West? You had them at five, fifth, six, fifth in the fifth. East. Yep. Fifth, fifth in the East, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, not – obviously not too low. No. But, uh, but you, you, argue, you, you weren't exactly uh... – Hi, yeah. yeah, you weren't nice with your words. No, um, no. So you were lower on the two teams below them. Um, Correct. But no, that's that's fair. I I'll take a little victory lap because Mizzou was a team I thought was going to be good this year. I thought they were going to go seven to five or eight and four. Um, and you know, looking at what they've got down the stretch, I still think that's probably where they end up. And I would honestly lean seven to five as as well as they played. Um, but speaking of one of the teams that you had below them, that's going to be my too low. I had Florida at six in the East. And uh, I mean, right now, who do you look at in the East that's playing 
I, I'd say better than Florida. Not, not that Florida looked great against Charlotte, but who scares you, Drew? I mean, it's nobody. Um, yeah, nobody. It's a wide nobody. open race, and I, I think I like Florida more than most of them at this point. Um, so, yeah, that that was my too low. But anyway, we uh, while we I might have been too low on them, we've never been too low on uh, Justin Rowland, who's coming on now to uh, talk about a little bit of Kentucky football. All right, so coming on with us now from Cats Illustrated, the Kentucky side of Rivals, is Justin Rowland. Uh, Justin, hey, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So, you know, like we said, you're from the Kentucky side, so I'm not going to have a whole lot of questions for you about the other teams, but let's, uh, let's start with Kentucky. How do you feel they've done so far this season? Have they met your expectations? That's a hard question to answer because you see both sides of the coin. On the one hand, they haven't been consistently a clean operation or consistently dominant. I will say that they have shown glimpses. There have been flashes where you really see what the team is capable of, and they have a kind of explosive playability, not just on offense, on both sides of the ball that they have rarely had under Mark Stoops. They have a lot of really impressive individual talents and they also have a couple of really good coordinators who are good at showcasing those talents Uh, but there have been operational issues they've been slow getting to the line at times the tempo hasn't really been there Um, and and the big issue I would say is the offensive line is the offensive line fixed from where it was last year it looks somewhat improved but Justin, did I lose you? Hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah, I lost you for a minute. Yeah, this year has always been about the offensive line, and that hasn't changed as far as I'm concerned. Gotcha. And, you know, part of that is is Devin Leary's not getting the protection he needs, but to be fair, you know, so far he's been very underwhelming. I'll, I'll say like this, before the season, I had Kentucky at three in the East. Drew had him at number two, so we were both fairly high on Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and a big reason was Devin Leary. And, and so far, he is he has not been what we expected. I think he's been a mixed bag. I think the, the thing about Leary is he's made some throws that are really fantastic and he's stretched the field in a way that not even Levis did. I think he mm-hmm. you can see that the offensive staff is is building the offense around him with the expectation that he's going to be able to take them a long way. But there have been too many throws that just kind of make you shake your head like where was that going or what was that that's usually after he's eluded pressure in the backfield so a lot of it does again offensive line it comes back to that yeah well I'm going to ask you another question and and your answer very well might be yes and no Um, but would you say that as far as Kentucky's overall season is going to go would you say you feel better about it now than you did before the season or not I feel uh, well, that's a, that's a good question. I would pr- I probably feel slightly better about their chances this year, just because the SEC doesn't look that very impressive right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think you look across the league and you go down the schedule and you see a lot of ranked teams for Kentucky on the schedule, but when you really dig in, it's like I mean, has Tennessee really done a whole lot to deserve you know a lot of hype right now, or has Florida done a whole lot to deserve a lot of? Hype? I, so the, the league itself being down two appearances is is a big factor in that question. As far as Kentucky goes, 
I mean, I think they they could be even better on defense than I thought before the season. They've got a lot of talent on defense, and Brad White's really good. So, I mean, I think that defense is probably going to be the best unit on the field in a lot of those SEC games they play. Yeah, no, and totally agree. We've, we've talked about it a lot on the pod, but the SEC, I mean, both the West and the East, but particularly we're talking about the East right now, are wide open, more so than they've ever been because, like you said, it's – it's somewhat down in the sense that nobody's elite. I mean, even Georgia, I mean, they were down 14 to three at the half to South Carolina at home, right. no less. Right. I, I, it would not, after watching that game, it wouldn't shock me if Kentucky upset Georgia. Um, but I think I saw you tweeted out that, I mean, the rest of Kentucky's games, I mean, you look at it, Florida, Missouri, Tennessee, Mississippi State. I mean, at worst, you're, you're talking a toss up for pretty much all of those. Yeah. And they'll probably be underdogs just by the line in most of those games, but they have some things that I mean, I think they'll probably have. I still think Leary is going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC for the season. I think they they have really good coordinators. They got a really good defense. A lot of that carries. And I, I think they'll probably I mean, the safe bet is they're just going to split down the stretch. They're four and oh, and they go four and four down the stretch. I think a lot of people are kind of expecting that. But the offensive line, again, it was like the worst power five offensive line in college football, along with Boston College last season, and they still don't have any depth. So they're one injury up front away from maybe being in a potentially really bad situation. So let me ask you this. if uh, Let's say they do split. Let's say they finish eight and four. Do you think the Kentucky fan base is happy or satisfied with that, with that final? I mean, I think Mark Stoops could probably go eight and four for the next – 20 years if you wanted to coach for that long and you know at the end of the day are Kentucky fans really gonna raise a stink about that and I I don't I mean I feel like eight and four there might be a segment of the fan base that's like constantly pressing like we need to raise our standards but against a really strong schedule you know it would also depend on who they beat you know if you beat Tennessee that goes a long way if you beat Alabama that goes even farther and I don't think those games are off limits this year. So so it's exciting. They've got home games coming up against Florida, Alabama, and Tennessee, and, and the fan base is really excited about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and to date, obviously, they haven't been quite as flashy or as impressive as you probably would have liked. Right. But at the end of the day, they won. They, they're they 4-0. Yeah. They've beaten the teams they should beat. And then down the stretch, I mean, that they don't, they don't have a sure bet win down the stretch. I mean, every – I mean, maybe their easiest game might be, what, at Mississippi State or at Louisville? Um, yeah. So I, it, it, maybe maybe at home against Missouri, but none of those are going to be easy games for sure. Um, so really tough stretch. So I, I think you'll learn – I think we'll learn a lot uh, this upcoming Saturday about where, where Kentucky is going to go this year. The good news um, is the good news is Kentucky has played really well against a lot of those teams under Stoops. Like they've won three out of five against Florida, two in a row for the first time in like two generations. Um, they've beaten Missouri all but once since they got. I mean, I think they're like seven out of the last eight against Missouri. They, I think South Carolina has only beaten them since 2014 when their starting quarterback has been out. And Louisville, I think they, they've beaten by an average of 30 points over the past three or four meetings. So, they, I mean, they do bring a lot to the table, um, but they also have typically a clunker game. And, you know, you're guessing when is the clunker going to be? It's usually after a loss on the back end of the mm-hmm. schedule. And uh, the dangerous thing is this is a really backloaded schedule. So if the team is banged up going into November, that's probably not a really good sign. Yeah. And, you know, if you're guessing at a clunker game, I mean – very well could be at South Carolina because it's the week after 
after sure. they go or they host Bama, and that's a that's an emotional roller coaster right that's there. That's a trap spot for sure. Yep. So um, you mentioned right. the Florida game. You mentioned the Florida game coming up, and I apologize. Um, that's a huge game. It's always a tone setter because you know it used to be in November, and Kentucky fans actually are it, it, one of the things that they'll talk about is they wish that Florida still had to go play in cold weather in Lexington in November. Mm-hmm. Um, although that didn't really help Kentucky for a long for a long time in the series, but yeah, it's a tone setter. They get really up for this game. Every team has like a game that they circle and they bring it every year. And for Kentucky, that's definitely Florida. So, so I will say this: if they if they lose that game, I think people will be really surprised. And that's a change from where the program has been. Yeah. Well, and, and you know the good thing for Kentucky, you know that that really helps out Devin Leary is Ray Davis has been. Just yep. as good as advertised. Um, it, it's tough when you're replacing a star running back, but when you have someone like Ray Davis step in, it uh, it certainly lightens the load for the quarterback. But you know, talking talking Florida real quick, I, I noticed one of the other things I thought that was interesting you tweeted out. So this is the first time in the Rivals era, which goes back to I believe about 2000, 2001, somewhere right in there. Um, first time that Kentucky has had more four or five star starters than Florida. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. My count was 13 to eight. And, you know, some of that is like just based on what de- what week depth chart are you looking at or what personnel are you highlighting? And just just to make it even, I just listed everybody that both teams list on their depth charts. So so change for personnel and scheme and fit. It's yeah, 13 to eight is the count. So I was surprised as well. Now, I'm curious, were you, were you did you expect that? Why? Why were you looking that up, basically? Well, it's something that we track consistently because over the course of the last decade i mean kentucky has probably been one of they probably improved their recruiting more than any program in the country over the last decade i mean they used to rank in the 60s nationally on average and now they rank in the 20s or 30s so that's something that kentucky fans have a particular interest in interest in and florida is a barometer for them going back to the spurrier days that was just they, they would always compare how much has the gap closed. And now you can, you can say the gap's closed. What's really surprising recruiting rankings over the last four or five classes, they're like all top 10 classes. So it's been a crazy attrition on Florida side and Kentucky's done its best recruiting work of all time. That, that explains it. Yeah, no. And we actually, so we tracked the, we went over the past 10 years, all the teams in the sec, we included Oklahoma and Texas and still be there next year. Uh, just looking at recruiting rankings and and Kentucky's right there, basically top twenty five on average. So yeah. their their recruiting's definitely improved, and it's been even better than that over the last five years. So they, I know they had one of those classes was was really really ranked high. So um, yeah, Kentucky definitely seems to be trending well. I think I think Mark Stoops has been a great coach. If he can get some elite players in there, I mean, Kentucky very well could contend for the East on a yearly basis. Um, so as far as Florida goes, though, what I guess what are your kind of key matchups to watch for this game? Well, for Kentucky, the offensive line, we're all curious about the offensive line. Florida's defensive line, I I don't think it's overpowering. I think it it has there there are some interesting pieces on it, but they need to be able to block Florida. I'm not they if they rush for a hundred yards, that's giving themselves a chance to win. But if it's one of those thirty carries for forty five yards, which I could see happening. Mm-hmm then that's too one-dimensional because Kentucky has been second and 15, second and 20 way too many times this year. And Leary has bailed them out of a lot of those situations and the receivers, but you can't 
create obvious passing downs in SEC play and be a consistent team. I just unless you're Alabama or some somebody like that. Um, yeah. The offensive line has got to hold their own against Florida. Um, and then I would say another match. I mean, I, f- I feel like Florida will probably have a difficult time scoring on Kentucky's defense, uh, but they have to slow down the run. Um, they have not been tested by a powerful rushing attack. And you saw Florida put up big numbers on the ground against Tennessee. That's something to watch. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's key that ETN is going to be the, the main guy you got to stop there because, I mean, Graham, Graham Mertz is an okay quarterback. He's not bad, but he's, he's certainly not going to do anything flashy. So if they don't, if Florida can't run the ball, I, I don't see any way that they're going to be able to beat Kentucky. Um, and, you know, if Hairston's probably just licking his chops open for another, another couple pick sixes against Graham Mertz. If, uh, mm-hmm. if Florida's forced to throw the ball a lot. So. Yeah. Mertz is, he's played pretty well. He's played better than I expected him to this year, but he's not the kind of guy who's going to like, put a team on his back and throw for 350 and, and just light you up. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. ETN's the, the guy that you have to watch. And to Florida's, you know, I, I guess to their argument, Kentucky hasn't faced really any offense that can re- that can really test them a whole lot. Like Vanderbilt does have some skill guys, especially in the passing game. But run game, this will be by far Kentucky's biggest challenge so far. Okay. Well, give me a give me a score prediction and who wins the game. I'll say Kentucky twenty to sixteen. I do think it's going to be close. That's kind of the mold of this game in this series for the past few meetings. Low scoring. Kentucky maybe jumps out ahead and then holds on in the end. But I, I feel like Kentucky actually has more playmakers in this game, and it's at home. And I think Leary's a better quarterback than Mertz. But I mean, I could see it going either way. But I, I will call for a close Kentucky win. Yep. Well, and, and certainly doesn't help Kentucky, although although Mark Stoops and we and Drew talked about this already. But, you know, Mark Stoops was pretty confident that the Kentucky fans could pound a few beers before the 11 o'clock kick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was a money quote. And uh, Stoops, he gets Kentucky people. He's really kind of enmeshed himself, embedded himself at Kentucky and he's become a Kentuckian. And yep. um, they, they love him. And I'm sure that will be pretty rowdy, but they wanted it to be a night game for sure. Yeah, I don't blame him. Um, all right, before I let you go, one last prediction from you. Mm-hmm. Where does where does Kentucky finish in the East this year, and, and what's their final record? It's a great question. I'll say I actually think um, I'll put Kentucky and Missouri up there tied for second in the East. I think Missouri is the most legit top 25 team in the East beyond Georgia. I mean, they haven't lost a game. They beat a really good Kansas State team. They got a lot of interesting pieces, Burden coming into his own, and Brady Cook has been a quarterback that's basically transformed over the last half of his starts. He's a totally different player. Just threw for 350 yards this past week, and they're slowly building confidence on and off the field with recruiting. And, I, yeah, I think, um, I think Kentucky and Missouri would be the two that I would point right behind Georgia. Okay. Well, Justin, I, uh, I appreciate it. Hopefully we can have you back on again soon. We, uh, we get a chance to dive a little more into the recruiting aspect of it, but Again, thanks uh, Thanks for your time today. Thanks a lot. Take care. See you, Justin. Awesome. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. All right, Drew. So we got, we got Justin's perspective on the game. We got his pick. I'd like to, I'd like to know what you think about the Kentucky-Florida game. Who's going to win? What's your, uh, I guess, key to the game? Tough game. Uh, honestly, Shameful that it's uh, early morning game. 
I loved uh, loved our guys, uh, Mark Stoops' uh, comments this morning. He has full faith in the uh, Kentucky faithful to pound some beers before the game. Be ready. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, man, tough game. Um, uh, both teams kind of come in. I feel like at a little bit different stages. Florida seems to be flowing a little bit right now. Kentucky just still seems like they don't have their sync together. Um, and I tell you what, they're not going to get it going on Saturday. I think the Florida Gators will come in, continue to play well. I think the defense is what really bothers Devin Leary. And, and by the way, just everybody sitting out there saying, Drew, you're an idiot. You're going against all your picks. I am because I was so high on Kentucky. But the number one reason why is because I was very excited about Devin Leary. I mean, I'm, I'm still not excited about him. We're going into week five. Um, I, I think that's the reason why they lose, honestly. And I think Florida wins a close one on the road uh, at Kentucky. Okay. Well, that's, that is, uh, that's fair. I don't, I don't disagree. Uh, you know, Graham Mertz has obviously been playing really, really well the last couple of weeks. So we'll see, you know, they didn't look great against Charlotte, but uh, Kentucky's a whole new week. So uh, let's, uh, let's dive back into this past weekend, Drew. We'll start with probably the biggest one on the slate. Alabama, Ole Miss, the tide. I mean, it's like death taxes and the tide will always roll. You know, Alabama comes back and, and gets a big win over Ole Miss. And like you said, they did it with the defense, 24 to 10 final. And uh, they, got, they got just enough out of Jalen Milrow in this one. Yeah, they did. And uh, he, he played he played well. You know, he didn't do anything to just kill his team. Uh, but more importantly, Jordan, yeah, I mean, where, where's your boy, man? Where, where's Jackson? Where, where's our mm. boy Jackson Dart, man? Where where was he on Saturday when they needed him most? He was I know. nowhere to be found. Nowhere well, to be found. I, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and just eat my crow because the last week, Drew said, you know, Spencer Rattler is the best quarterback in the SEC. Can we acknowledge who the best quarterback in the SEC is right now? It's not Carson Beck. Spencer Rattler. I'm it is you. not Spencer Rattler. Uh, no, it, it, is not. It, it, it might. It might be. It re- okay. Well, then who no. is? No. Who, who is? It's. I'll give you at least a couple. I mean, I think KJ's better than him, but I, I'll give you probably my top two might be Connor Wegman and and Jackson okay. Dart. And I scoffed at him and said, "No, I can name a couple better." And, uh, of course, the two, the two that I name are Jackson Dart and Connor Wegman. And, man, did that go poorly because, you know, Wegman is out for, I don't know, I think the report I just saw was two to four weeks um, after his injury against uh, Auburn on Saturday. And, and Jackson Dart, I mean, he wasn't terrible, Drew, but the problem was he was limited to six yards rushing, and he just doesn't have the passing ability to – to be a great quarterback without being able to run the ball. So it happens. Yep. It, I mean, zero passing touchdowns is not, not going to win you football games. No, not at Ole Miss. And I mean, you know, the fact that I really felt like they were going to open it up, get Quinchon going this week. And, and again, they didn't. I mean, they they struggled again to run the ball. Jordan, I'm really starting to ask myself, is Ole Miss's offensive line inept? Are they not as good as advertised? You know, I, I mean, obviously we've got problems going on here. Um, but I tell you who doesn't have problems, Alabama. Alabama's run game does not have problems. Every week it flip flops, Roy Dell, Jace McClellan. I mean, these guys, they just kind of uh complement each other so well. 
Um, great week by Jace, uh, complimenting Jalen. So I'm excited about Alabama, man. I mean, I think the defense is playing solid. I mean, it's still not the elite level we're, we're used to, but uh, they're winning games kind of old school right now. Um, yeah. And I just think if Jalen Milrow could get it really, really going, um, you know, this team would be, would be scary. But a, a really good win, a really good win for Alabama. For sure, for sure. And, and Milrow was efficient, you know, 17 to 21. So he did what Alabama needed him to do. And, you know, when you've got a defense as good as theirs, that's what you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. it's okay. Luckily for Ole Miss, you know, you, you play one tough game and things get a lot easier when you play in the SEC West, right? Yeah, yeah. I will yeah. say this. I, I read a stat today, um, and I meant to save it and, and, and look at it later on, but I, I could can't find it right now. But anyway, Lane Kiffin is – for teams that went on to basically win nine games or more in a season, Lane Kiffin is like some insane stat, like one in 19, something like Eesh. that. Um, it's really questionable. And so, you know, I, I'm a Lane Kiffin fan. I like Lane. Um, but, you know, you look at some of these stats and you're like, man, is the strategy working, the way he builds his teams, things like that? I mean, you know, he's just a long-term uh, fix. Hey, it's, it, it's our job on the pod to talk about these things, right? I mean, you know, we, we're not going to talk about rainbows and sunshine all the time. We're, we're here to talk about are they doing things the right way? Is it sustainable? Uh, who knows, man? Who knows at this point? Well, I mean, it's tough when you're when you're in a division with LSU and Alabama. So. Yeah, makes a little <laughs> bit of a difference. It that, a, that doesn't make it any easier. But that's such a good point. It, it warps reality every week. You're like, you know, God, we suck. We suck. You know, yeah. we're horrible. And then you're like, wow, we play literally in the uh, the, the hardest uh, division in the entire nation. So anyway, well, crazy. and 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 speaking of it, I mean. Ole Miss is going to get LSU next week. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. Um, LSU with another close, uh, just a, a phenomenal game against Arkansas, and the Hogs played really well. But at the end, LSU came out on top 34-31. Really, really fun game to watch, back and forth. And and at the end, LSU uh, got it done at night in Baton Rouge. That is a That is a tough place to play. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to – Hard to describe the game, really. I mean, it started off LSU very slow out of the gate. Arkansas's defense looked dominant. But you knew Brian Kelly was going to make adjustments and get these things going. I thought Jaden Daniels had a fantastic game. Four touchdowns, one interception, 320. Uh, but K.J. played well, too. He had a couple of mistakes, but nothing crazy. Uh, Jordan, we talked about how bad the O-line was last week on the pod. They, they sort of came together, blocked better. However, from a penalty perspective, same song, same dance, 12 total penalties. That's 25 Ugh. penalties in two weeks for the Hogs. Uh, Is that a high Hogs. score? What's Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's <laughs> You're winning great. something. Yeah, we're winning something. But, you know, you just think about it and little mistakes like that. And also clock management. You know, you have no timeouts at the end. All they have to do is run the clock down. I mean, little decisions like that in big games, especially in Death Valley, you can't win like that. And so uh, discipline has to be there to win games in the SEC West. But, you know, as a Hog fan, I think you have to be encouraged that they came out and battled. I mean, this will be the hardest test of the year, I would think. 
yeah. uh, in the LSU Tigers. So you got to find some some positives going into the rest of the schedule. But uh, we're in the gauntlet, Jordan. Uh, you know, no game is a uh, is a given at this point. Well, and and I'm about ready to throw in the towel for the rest of the receivers in the SEC because my goodness, Malik Neighbors looks like he's the best receiver in the in the conference. Um, you know, if if it wasn't for Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State, I'd say he's the best in the country. But yes, yeah, yeah, I, I just just an absolute monster to try and stop. And, and, and no disrespect to, you know, Evan Stewart or, or uh, Luther Burden, but Leak Neighbors is on another level. That Yeah, that guy can play. Um, yeah, he is. He is. He is. Now, I will say, LSU's the one thing that will hold them back. They've got some some holes on defense, particularly yeah. p- the in, secondary. The, in the secondary. Yeah, in, in right. the secondary for sure. Well, they've got a, a – fairly new defensive backs coach with Kerry Cooks, who was at Notre Dame and at Oklahoma before here. Um, and, and kind of an interesting thing on Kerry Cooks really emphasizes his DBs play the man, not the ball. So you're going to get caught for a lot more pass interference. They're going to be very physical, but they don't play the ball in the air, which is kind of counterintuitive to what most defensive back coaches teach. So, I mean, if, if, this doesn't get better in a hurry. LSU is DBU for the most part. Um, I think a lot of people consider them that. Kerry Cooks is not going to last long if they don't if they don't get better in a hurry. Yeah, that's a good take for sure. So, but on the on the hog side of things, I mean, coming out party for for fresh true freshman tight end Luke has. I mean, wow, six uh, for whatever reason LSU just did not seem to notice the guy. I mean, how many times was he standing wide open and just killed the Tigers? Yeah, unbelievable. And he, he said in his post game that yeah, you know, he loves playing with KJ because obviously no play is ever dead with KJ. So you got an athletic tight end, can run the field, can get wide open, easy to lose him there in the middle. Um, he had a huge day. He's gonna be a freshman all American Jordan. He obviously made a killer choice by leaving his home state, coming to the hogs. So uh, good 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 choice right. by uh, Luke Hawk there. Sure. Let's see what you did there. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say kind of an, a game that we got to talk about, the A&M-Auburn game. Uh, not a great game. I mean, we talked about it last week, Drew. And I, and I said, Auburn's got a great defense, but that offense is woof. And they just went out and proved it. I mean, they they scored 10 points, but seven of them came on a, on a defensive touchdown that Jimbo was the one trying to make the tackle on. So (laughs) if you have not seen that clip, I I highly encourage you to go check it out because Auburn stripped the the A&M player is returning the fumble and Jimbo's five yards out on the field. And the (laughs) the guy with the ball runs right next to him, next to the sideline. And uh, for whatever reason, Jimbo didn't make that hit. (laughs) Not, not, not leading by example for his players. I mean, Jordan, seriously, though, what – I mean, imagine that going one of two ways. One, you know, he, he hinders a touchdown or something, you know, or two, he gets absolutely decleated and gets hurt. I mean, yeah. that, that could have end, that could have ended in a really, really bad fashion. I don't I, – uh, I truly do not know the answer to – do they call it a touchdown if, if Jimbo does make that tackle? I mean, obviously, I, he's going to get ejected from the game most likely, but – I have I have no idea. I, I would have loved to have seen it just to find out the answer to that question. Yeah, um, yeah. I have no but, idea. So, st- regardless, the the starting stat line for Peyton Thorne at uh at Auburn six of twelve for forty four yards. 
His his QBR is old enough to vote. It was an eighteen point nine. So <laughs> it's not all bad. It, it's, it, it's not a child anymore. Yeah, he, yeah, he, it's bad. It's bad, man. It's uh, it's hard to watch. And don't get me wrong. I mean, A and M's got a, a a great defense, great defensive line. They wreak havoc everywhere they go. This was a really a good defensive game period because Auburn played pretty good defense too. But my gosh, man. I mean, he's just. I mean, I used to just bag on Brady Cook all the time, but man, I mean, yeah. Peyton Thorne here's, makes here's Brady Cook one. look like a freaking Heisman winner. Man. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's uh, this is tough, and I, you know, this is this is kind of funny because the portal gives and the portal takes. I mean, you take a chance on a guy like Peyton Thorne, yeah, and uh, this has been a, a flat he's, out. He's a band aid. Miss is what he is. He's, he is. Uh, yeah, yeah. He is. I, I mean, he's not. I don't know that he's any better than Robbie Ashford at this point. So no, I don't either. I don't either. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, now luckily, if you're an Auburn fan, I mean, you've got Hugh Freeze for a coach. You've got a great recruiting class coming in. Hugh Freeze is going to attract some quarterbacks. So yeah. I, I think you go get somebody good in the transfer portal. You throw some NIL. You do what you have to do. But you go, you get a legitimate quarterback. This could be a team real quick because that defense is salty. I'll so, say this: it, it's you know we're we're about to be in week week five today in uh, the pressers. We had Sam Pittman who got upset gave an entire rant about social media and how uh, fans are ridiculous and how it hurts kids and it hurts uh, coaches. And then Hugh Freeze gave a long, drawn-out thing about how Auburn fans are – their expectations are absurd and crazy, uh, And then which a reporter quickly reminded him that Kirby Smart won a national championship in year two. <laughs> which, yeah, which I saw which that. Blew, which blew his mind, by the way. He didn't uh, he, he, no, he told the reporters, like, I don't think that's that's accurate. Yeah. Like, and the guy's like, like no, it, it, it is. And he's like, oh. Oh, no oh. rest for the weary on these coaches, yeah. man. It's, uh, it's, it's tough, you know. It's a tough world. But you know we're in yeah. week five. The stress is high right now. It is high. Well, so regardless, the, the big takeaway from the A&M-Auburn game, and obviously nice win from A&M. Um, it, it came at quite the, quite the cost because – the biggest takeaway is, is Connor Wegman's out. So, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but that hurts. Now, it's it's a good thing if you're an Aggie fan that Max Johnson is a really solid backup. Um, the issue is Max Johnson's not nearly as mobile as, as Wegman is. And, you know, the, the O-line has not been great. So, you can get away with a little bit against Auburn because they don't have much of an offense. But, man, when you start playing those – uh those other top four in the in the West, that's going to get real tough real quick. So Sir, let me ask you a question. It seems like it's a broken record. We keep saying this. The O-line's not as good as advertised. Uh, the O-line's not what we thought it was going to be. The O-line's deficient. I mean, the only thing I can attribute that to is, one, you know, the level of play by our D-lines, obviously. But, two, truly, we've talked about this, the, the – uh, really just a shortage of really, really elite offensive linemen. Uh, and we could say D linemen too, but offensive linemen yeah. in general, they go to certain schools and the really, really good ones. There's not a whole lot of them out there. Well, I mean, A&M's not, not a stranger to highly ranked uh, offensive line recruits. I mean, these right. guys are, were for the most part, all highly, highly decorated out of high school. Um and, and A&M was expected to have one of the top 10 O-lines going into this year. You know, a lot of it was built off of, you know, the, just the experience from last year because all their starters returned. So, it was kind of like, well, yeah, they should be better. 
And, you know, they weren't good last year, but they, you know, they had a year to grow and everything. And, and, you know, there was just, there wasn't a lot of continuity just due to injuries and, you know, mono for one of them. Um, so I think everyone just kind of expect them to be better. I expect them to be a lot better and they, they might be a little better, but they're, they're not enough better that they, uh, they can get away with it. So that is, that is definitely a tough, uh, tough position for the Aggies right now. And, and it's going to get tougher when you have a backup quarterback playing. So we'll see. Um, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on that one game though. Let's, uh, let's get to one of our shootouts of the week, South Carolina, Mississippi state 37 to 30, the Gamecocks take it. And it was a pretty, pretty fun game to watch. Um, you know, like I said, you, you called it on Spencer Rattler and he did not let you down after, after your comments last week. You know, he was inspired by the great Drew from the Southern Blitz, and he goes right. for he goes 18 for 20. Now, one of the concerning things to me, you know, is that Mississippi State defense. I mean, goodness. You're talking back-to-back weeks now. Jane Daniels was 30 of 34 the week before, and now Spencer Rattler goes 18 of 20. I mean, you're, you're giving up a completion percentage of over 90% in your first two conference games. That is not going to get it done. I mean, ugh, I – I don't even know what to say about that, Drew, but but Mississippi State's got to make some make some adjustments real quick, and and it's even worse because again, the coordinator. So that was one yeah. thing you thought should have continued to be good for for the Bulldogs, and it just yeah. so far has not been. And it's you know they I don't know if they might get a little advantage. They have Alabama next week, and sometimes Jalen Miller is a little less accurate. But hey, I'm I'm curious to see. I uh. Yeah, I, I don't like where Mississippi State's headed right now. It's it's not it's not jiving. But I, I will say I, I cracked up uh, the uh, South Carolina football Twitter account tweeted out that they had done their defense had done an amazing job of holding uh, you know Jaquavius Marks to twelve carries for twenty seven yards. Uh, you know on Saturday, which hey, great accomplishment. But then somebody had retweeted said, "Yeah, but Will Rogers threw for almost five hundred yards on you." <laughs> so so right. I mean. You know, let's not act like South Carolina defense was just unbelievable in this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, but you look. I mean, yeah. even Will Rogers. I mean, yeah, he threw up. He threw for a ton of yards. He also yeah. threw threw a lot of balls. I mean, he he was thirty of forty eight. So I mean, his yeah. completion percentage wasn't anything special. His QBR was a fifty four point one. So and only he only threw one touchdown. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's uncomfortable. I don't know. Man. I, I, now you got to you got to give a little hat trip uh, hat tip to uh, Ladidrick. Griffin, goodness, seven catches yeah. for 256 yards. So, heck of a game. And, Z- and yeah. Xavier Leggett, too. I mean, on both sides, oh, yeah. had elite performances by receivers, which made it a, a crazy fun game. Um, not, obviously, not your defensive matchup you're looking for, but uh, a heck of a fun game. And honestly, if you ask South Carolina before this game, they expected to win this game. They needed to win this game. So, you know, you got to feel good about that. You got to feel good about walking away with the dub to keep the season alive. But, man, I, I don't like where Mississippi State's headed. I don't like the momentum. Um, I don't like uh, just the whole the whole mood right now, what's coming from Mississippi State. And like you said, you know, when the specialty of the coach is deficient defense, just like Dave Aranda at Baylor, man, you got to really start asking questions. You know, yeah. what, what, are, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? Well – Let's uh let's switch topics over to the Big Twelve for a second and uh, talk about the welcome mat that the the new four schools all got. 
Um, I mean, Houston, obviously, they played Sam Houston this week. They beat him 38-7. to That's not much of a story. Their first game in the Big 12, though, uh, was against TCU and lost 36-13. Well, the other three got equally rude uh, welcomes. Obviously, we talked a little bit. Kansas, BYU, Jayhawks beat him 38-27. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the first offensive play for BYU in that game, but Kansas comes up and just drills the receiver on the – on a little swing pass and fumble scoop and score. Welcome to the big 12. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we, we talked some about this game, but you know, Jalen Daniels, Devin Neal still, still have that Jayhawk offense just rolling. Um, then you, you move over to Oklahoma, Cincinnati and, and OU shuts down the, the, the Bearcats 20 to six and, you know, had several chances to really put this game away and didn't do it. Um, and for, for OU fans, it's, it's got to be a little bit weird, Drew. I mean, they're used to winning games 45-31, and now, and now you got to watch 20-6. to six. It's uh, Like we said, there are two sides of the ball. You, you can win however you want, and it just, it's just going to look different. Yeah, Oklahoma's always been a defensive powerhouse, so no surprise there. <laughs> no, no surprise. Well, uh... you know, I think, you know, OU fans are obviously – pleasantly surprised with the the defense and just to we gotta we gotta put it into perspective for some of the other conference listeners you know this is like watch you know OU's defense being this good is like watching you know Iowa's offense score 30 a game or or Duke being good at football which is actually happening this year or Oregon wearing the same uniforms two weeks in a row or or for our Georgia listeners you know it's like Georgia football players driving the speed limit Oh, so, uh, I like that. Oh, 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 so, um, but you know, just kind of one of those things. It's it's a it's a different way to win. And what's funny, Drew, talking about the defense is they've given up 34 points so far in four games, and in four games they've only given up five red zone attempts for the other team's offenses. Five total. They don't even qualify for red zone defense stats yet because they haven't allowed enough trips. So yeah. Impressive stuff. Impressive we'll see. Stuff. I don't. I don't think they're going to get real tested this week by Iowa State in the red zone. So you're still looking for two two weeks from now when they when they head down to Dallas in the Cotton Bowl against Texas. So speaking of Texas, had zero trouble with Baylor. Um, not that not that anybody has recently, but thirty eight to six rolled. Quinn Ewers look looks strong. Jonathan Brooks looks strong, and uh, the Bears did not. So. I, I, I don't know that we want to we want to crap on Sawyer Robertson any more than we already have, Drew. But <laughs> the, the uh, Baylor need, Baylor needs Blake Shapen back as soon as real possible. Real bad, real bad. Is he coming back this week? What's what's the story on that? Do we know? I I don't. I haven't seen an update yet. So I haven't either. yeah, I haven't Baylor's either. Baylor's praying. You know. Yeah, they need him uh, to have any but, chance of a season left. They need right. him back. So, anyway, yeah, obviously OU beat Cincinnati by two touchdowns. Kansas beats BYU by 11. We talked about Houston getting beat by TCU. And then, you know, UCF making their Big 12 debut and going to Manhattan to play K-State. It's not really how you want to do it. Um, they ended up scoring late to make it 44-31, which is a little more indicative of this game because it was it was a good game. Um, K-State just pulled away down the stretch. So Yeah, a little bit disappointing. I thought this game would be a little bit closer. Than it was, honestly. Um, but Will, Will Howard Howe, looked back. Yeah, he looked healthy. He was running yeah, just fine. Yeah, and he, you know, honestly, uh, but he, his stat line's not very good. 
still. You know, he didn't play great. Um, I thought Tommy McClain was – or Tim, sorry, excuse me, Tim, Tim McClain. Tim, come on. Excuse me. He played – sorry, UCF folks. Uh, he played – he still played well. I mean, you know, even without Plumley, I mean, he still played probably well enough to win, you know, or at least keep him in the game. But um, this one was a little bit disappointing. I thought UCF would hang a little bit tighter. But, you know, again, Kansas State, consistent, consistent, consistent. Uh, I think that defense is maybe a little bit better than advertised. So, email, baby. Email. Email. Well, all right. You know, we talked about uh, we talked about Brady Cook earlier, so we might as well go back to him. 34-27. Not a, not a real like, impressive win over Memphis. Um, you know, Mizzou's kind of one of those teams that, for whatever reason, is, just keeps playing down to their competition. Um, we, we saw them scrape by Middle Tennessee. And they scraped by Memphis. But, you know, they managed to, you know, through, through the leg of Garrison Mavis, knock off number 15 K-State. So, I, I don't know that we truly know how good Mizzou is at this point, but they're 4-0. And uh, Brady Cook had another big day, Drew. So, he's just making you eat those words even more. Another 341 passing yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, how about Luther Burton, man? Big time game, 10 receptions, 177 yards. Uh, Cody Schrader had a good game. I mean – I don't have a problem with this win. Um, you know, I'm obviously, as you found out last week, I'm a lover of Memphis football. Everybody knows that. So, a yep. lot of respect for Memphis Tiger football here. I mean, tough opponent for the Mizzou Tigers, obviously. <laughs> no, all kidding aside. <laughs> I mean, coming off of a an emotional win against Kansas State, this was a, a true, you know, you could call it a trap game. I, I have no problem with walking away with a, just, just a dub here and moving on. So, hey, good win for the, the Tigers. And, hey, got to be ready to play. Got Bandy this week. And uh, can't look ahead. Can't look ahead. No. And, and, you know, someone who played very similar to that, Drew, was, was Florida. I mean, they come out. They look phenomenal with their win over Tennessee last week. And then, uh, you know, they should get a freebie this week against Charlotte. And, I mean, they just never could pull away. 16-7 um, to seven at half. And, and, you know, they settled for a couple of field goals in the second half to win it 22 to seven, but, you know, never really got moving on offense. Um, yeah. Ricky freaking Pearsall, though. Did you see that catch, Oh, my dude? gosh. What? That, that Jump might man, be, baby. That's the best catch I've ever seen. It's it's in, like, the top five. You, yeah. Go check it out on Twitter or, or wherever. And while you're on it, like and subscribe to the Southern Blitz, please. Yeah. There um, you go. A little, little shameless plug while we're at it. No, go check out that Ricky Pearsall catch. I mean, guy goes up and backhands just a bullet throw right before getting drilled by two defenders. I mean, it. I don't know how he caught it in the first place, but then to catch it like that while getting hit, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it was. he got rocked, too. And he gets right back up, first down, moving on. I don't know what it is. SEC is wide receiver rich this year. Uh, some great yeah, for catches sure. through five weeks. I mean, some some really really good tough wideouts. So it, it's oh, been yeah. fun. Pearsall might not even be in the top five. Right, right. And There's he's a so great many receiver. Great catches. Yeah, so many great catches. So many great catches. And uh, listen, Florida could not beat Charlotte. I mean, the guy they, they got a PE guy, a PE coach. Is there <laughs> guys wearing a cutoff shirt out over there, man? I mean, guy's not even uh, a real football coach, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. If that's not the most group of five thing I've seen, it's, you know, it's up there. Hey, you know what? Uh, Billy Napier should have showed up in jorts 
to for the Florida for the Florida Gator fans, man. Just yeah. to match that that Charlotte coach's energy. I mean, just to match his energy, he should have worn some George, man. Should have worn well, some George, Dave. Well, we'll keep cruising. And now that you're talking about George, um, mm-hmm. Tennessee you're a big guy. I know. Yeah, we are, totally big big George <laughs> guy. I didn't go to Florida. Come on. Um, now Tennessee rolls over UT San Antonio. You know Joe Milton still on kind of an eh performance. I mean, they win 45-14, so it's fine. But, you know, Milton's still only 18-31 for 209. He, he did enough. But I, I, like I said, I mean, I think you can win games with Joe Milton. I just, If you're waiting for him to become Hendon Hooker, it ain't happening. Yeah. So, but, I mean, Dylan Sampson comes out of nowhere, goes 11 carries for 139 and two touchdowns. That's uh, not a bad sign if you're Tennessee, especially – you know, part of it's probably they don't want to take too many hits on Jabari Small and Jalen Wright, but yeah, heck of a game for that kid. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta be happy about that. It takes a little bit of the heat off of uh, Joe, but uh, I just, man, I don't know. You just don't feel the the good vibes coming from Joe right now. He, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. You don't get the feel that he is leading this team. Um, I don't think everybody's on the same page. So we'll. We'll see, because the road gets yeah. a lot harder very soon. Well, I don't know that he's the only Joe that you don't have a good vibe towards right now. How about Joe Ja? How mm. do you feel about them right ja. now? Sure. <laughs> what? That's a little south for you. Well, hey, we just because uh, I don't have the accent like you doesn't mean I can't get southern. We are. Uh, yeah, which, by the way, all, all of you that, uh, you know, I've got, <laughs> apparently, apparently I have lovers of my accent. I have haters of my accent. Hey, you know. You got to embrace it, man. Whatever it is, whatever you feel with my accent, just go with it. Okay. Uh, anyway, we'll just it's leave it's it so that. funny because I, I don't I don't even notice Drew's accent anymore. But you know, we've had some you know plenty of new listeners over the over the course of this season, and, and I've had uh, I've had friends and, and people text me and be like, "Man, that, that Drew's accent is southern." I mean, they I think they I think they mean it in a good way, Drew. I I enjoy that southern drawl. So yeah. So, I do somebody, wear shoes. I do wear shoes, do, and I have all my teeth. I have all my yeah. teeth. I promise. Okay, I really do. I really. Now his may not his seem toes like stick it. out of the shoes because you know, there's no front on them. But <laughs> and, and the teeth aren't uh, all in his mouth, but he does have them all. Well, <laughs> well, this uh, this train is derailed. I thought we were talking about yeah. Georgia. Anyway, uh, yeah, here, yeah. Speaking you know? of derailed trains, let's get back to Georgia. You know, <laughs> yeah. It looks okay on paper. I mean, 49-21 over UAB. But, again, UAB is not a good football team whatsoever. Um, little Baylor hat tip. Jacob Zeno is their starting quarterback. He he played for Baylor a couple years ago. Um, but just another very sluggish start for Georgia. I I, I don't know. They're, they've been just kind of meh in the first half all year long. Um, even against these lesser opponents like UAB. So, at, at some point, you kind of just – I keep expecting Georgia to take off, and it just hadn't really happened yet. But luckily, their schedule so far has been so soft that you haven't noticed. Well, it's soft all year. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if they have to get going too much. Then you look at teams like Tennessee and, you know, Florida may be their toughest test. I mean, I, yeah. heck, I don't know at this point. I mean, really soft schedule. But anyway, I mean, you know, yeah, you keep waiting for Carson Beck to, to bust out here. Um, just hadn't happened. So, I – I don't know, man. I'm just – this has just been the craziest year in the SEC. There is no truly dominant team. I think it makes it super fun. But, 
I keep waiting for one of these weeks for Georgia just to really get going. But um, I think it all starts at the quarterback position again with Carson Beck. And um, it makes it almost makes you feel like the players, maybe they don't trust him or they're trying to feel him out and figure out what kind of quarterback he really is, Georgia. Well, and he, he at least had a better week this week. I mean, it really helps that Brock Bowers back because, yeah. you know, that guy's a machine. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he threw for 338 and three touchdowns. So the stat line looks good. Um, but just, I don't know. It, it felt clunky at times. So we'll see. And, and, and again, keep in mind, this is a lot of this is just relative. It's like, it's Georgia. So we, we kind of, the, the expectation is a little bit higher. If this was right. I feel like I'm going to throw somebody under the bus here. Uh, if this was Mississippi state. We'd probably be talking a little bit different and be, man, Mississippi state's playing really well. But when you're a back-to-back national champion, you know, the expectations are different. Exactly. So, um, speaking of different expectations, we talked about a little earlier, Drew, Texas Tech loses in Morgantown to West Virginia. Um, at, uh, Joey McGuire is now one in six on the road at Texas Tech. Hmm. Um, that's not good. And, you know, it's not going to get any easier for him down the stretch. I thought West Virginia was going to be one of their easier games. And now, and now we're we're really hammering that panic button for Texas Tech. Yeah, big time, big time. Not uh, not good, man. I don't know what the answers are either, honestly, to tell you the truth. Uh, I like Taj Brooks a lot at running back. Oh yeah, um, great. You know. I, that, now that guy can play. You know, he's had back to back really good weeks, and he shows incredible burst, good vision. But you know, we talked about starting quarterback Tyler Shuck being out. Baron Morton comes in and, you know, from talking to one of my tech, Texas Tech buddies, he's like, oh, yeah, the offense will move better under him. But, I mean, looking at that stat line, Drew, Morton was 13 of 37. Uh, that is, yee. It's rough. And we, we, rough. we talk about those QBRs. I mean, 16.1, it's old enough to drive, but it ain't going to get you far. Yeah. Hey, Taz so, Brooks, uh, he'll he'll uh, make somebody happy next year. He'll be on somebody else's team next year. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on, Drew. You don't uh, kick the Red Raiders while sorry, they're down. Sorry, 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 sorry. Well, and we, you know who we kicked a little too much early on was TCU, but suddenly they've uh, knocked off Houston, knocked off SMU. They're 3-1. and one. They look a lot better. Um, so they're, they're starting to get things together, and they'll, they're going to have to dive into actual conference play this weekend. Um, not that I don't count Houston, but I don't count Houston. Um but, you know, nice, solid 34-17 win over SMU. So, yeah, I think I think you got to be pretty happy with that if you're the Horned Frogs. Yep, wait and see. We'll see. I mean, they, they just haven't played. Haven't played anybody yet. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens okay. here in the next couple of weeks. Well, we will, uh, we will wrap up with the last game being a Big 12 game. And uh, I guess it was a better game than I expected, Drew. But I'm not going to lie. I made some jokes about it on the front end. Um, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, in the who can be worse bowl. Um, and it turns out Oklahoma State was able to be worse. And they and, – and Rocco Becht, I give him all the credit, Drew, threw for over 340 yards and three touchdowns. I, I didn't know he had it in him. I mean, keep in mind, this is the Iowa State team that – almost got shut out the week before by Ohio, the other OU, Ohio University. <laughs> so it's a 
shocking. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Stillwater right now, but it, it, it ain't good. It ain't good. No. I can tell you that. It ain't good. I'll tell you what. I mean, they, they, they did finally, they did finally settle on a quarterback. So they've yeah. done one thing. Um, Cause they, they went with Alan Bowman all game. Not that he was good. Cause he was 23 of 48. Um, so completing less than 50% of your passes does not, does not help, but Nice game from Ollie Gordon. He ran for 121. So they went awful, I guess, but you still lost to a, a bad team. Um, I don't know. It, it's a good thing their schedule is soft, but Oklahoma State's going to have a long year, Drew. Yeah, very long. Very long. Anyway, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to next week, this upcoming game of uh, game slate. Big game in the Big 12, Texas and Kansas. I, uh, I I like it. I, I think Kansas can give Texas a little bit of a run, even in Austin. What do you think about that one? I think it's fun. You know, a game we used to make fun of, you know, back in the day, like, holy cow. You know, until until Kansas beat them, you know, about three years ago, four years ago. Yeah. An upset. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I think Kansas can make this one a fun one. Um, I think if it was maybe at Kansas, maybe a different story, but being at uh, – you know, Texas uh, Memorial Stadium, I I, I don't know. I, I'm just, you know, I'm taking the Longhorns in this. I think it'll be a solid game, but I think Texas pulls away in the second half. Too much talent uh, in those guys, especially at the skill positions. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, Xavier Worthy, uh, Jatavian Sanders. So, yeah, I, I'm picking I'm picking Longhorns, buddy. Okay. I, uh, I agree. Um Biggest game in the SEC this week. I think we can both agree it's probably going to be that. Uh, I, I think Kentucky, Florida is a great one, uh, but it's probably going to be LSU, Ole Miss. Um, but what do you think on that one, Drew? Who are you taking? Good slate. A good slate in the SEC. Uh, you know, tough game, but I actually think LSU is going to pick up even more steam this week. Um, I think they're going to beat LSU – Handily. You mean um, Ole Miss. Sorry, excuse me, kid grief. What am I talking about? I can't even speak. LSU's going to beat Ole Miss handily uh, this week. Uh, I just think that it's a freight train right now. They're picking up steam. They're picking up momentum. Uh, that defense is getting going. And uh, I, I think some of these holes we've talked about with LSU, man, they've got the players to fill those gaps, to figure it out. I think they're going to. And you know, I don't, I don't know. This kind of reminds me of last year when Ole Miss really showed up there about midway through the season, and then things went downhill pretty quick. This kind of feels like that a little bit. So, uh, yeah. too much talent with LSU. Too much. Okay. Well, I'm going to agree with you, at least what you said the first time around, that LSU is going to beat LSU. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go against you, Drew. I'm I'm taking the Rebels. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with like the upset it. on Ole Miss. Um, you know, in Oxford, I'm still not a believer. LSU has been too up and down this year um, where they look dominant and then they look meh. I think they're going to have a meh game on the road. It's a night game. I, I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take Ole Miss in this one. So I think I think Jackson Dart presents enough of a problem on the ground for LSU. And, you know, like we talked about, the Tigers secondary sus- is suspect and Ole Miss is not short on receivers that can take advantage of that. So, what's uh, you know, Jordan, you know, I would, I would say Vaught Hemingway being a 
a night game is a big deal, but I don't think that the cheers in the Grove can be heard all the way into the stadium. So um, if you, you know, get the, drunk enough, you can be so, loud enough. So the 30,000 that are in the stadium <laughs> will, will make it, you know, loud noises. So anyway, yeah, there we go. Let's see. Um, all right. Georgia, Auburn. What are your thoughts? I, I, I went back and forth on putting this one in my big three bets and I ended up not. Um, but I think, you know, Georgia's a 14 and a half point favorite. If it was 14, I probably would have put it in there. Um, I think the dogs roll, but I could also see Georgia again coming out slow and just being a defensive slugfest and a, you know, a 23 to 13 kind of win. You should have put this one in your, uh, your bets. This is, this line is crazy at 14 and a half, in my opinion. I think the dogs win by three touchdowns, um, if not more. So I, I don't think this is close. I think Auburn's going to be deflated from last weekend. Um, they've got zero offense, zero ability to catch up. And, and we've been talking about it. What if, what if Georgia picks up even the smallest spark? This won't even be a game uh, at halftime, man. I, I think if, you, if you're a betting man, bet on this one all day is what I would say. Okay. I, you know what? I don't hate it. I, uh, like I said, I almost put it in and uh, decided to go with a different one instead. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to the, those three bets here in a minute. Um, A&M Arkansas. Very intriguing game. Obviously, it's down in Dallas. Um, KJ versus Max Johnson at this point, it looks like. And, you know, like we talked about, Max Max is a very capable backup. He's a good quarterback. Uh, he, d- he does not have Connor Wegman's ability. And uh, for that reason, I, I like I like the Hogs. I mean, they're they're six-and-a-half-point dog. I, I'm going to roll with, the, with Arkansas on this one, Drew. You know, Max Johnson has beat the Hogs before, beat them last year. Um, in the same environment, um, Arkansas is going to win this game because they have to. Jordan, this is a must-win yeah. game. They cannot lose this game and maintain their season. There's just no way. Um, this is always a must-win game every year. It dictates the whole season. Arkansas has lost this game way too many times. Um, I just think, like you said, it's going to come down to quarterback play. It's going to be a great game. Going to be a close game. And can we please stop playing this? This might be the last – actually, I think this might be it right here, uh, the last uh, game of the contract at Cowboy Stadium. Hallelujah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I take the Hogs in a close one. Okay. Well, talking about a ranked Missouri squad now, we got Mizzou at Vandy. Mizzou's a – looks like a 13-and-a-half point favorite now. I actually kind of like Vandy on that one just because, like we talked about, Mizzou likes to play down to their competition – Again, that's not one of my bets. I, I, I wouldn't put money on this. I'm just saying that's where I would lean. Um, but, again, it, it, you very well should win that game if you're Missouri, and you're going to be 5-0 and oh, and still ranked, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, don't, I don't like that line. Um, I see this being a touchdown win for Mizzou. Ugly game. I, I think we could probably agree on that. Ugly game. Uh, but, you know, but AJ Swan – He's dangerous enough to keep this thing, make it a game. But you got to wonder how motivated Vandy is at this point, Jordan, yeah. um, after losing the games they needed to win. So uh, Mizzou's got a lot to play for. But I said it earlier, the one thing Mizzou can't do this week is look ahead. They've got this LSU game. There's, It's possible that game day could be uh, in Columbia, which that would be wild, but it, it could happen. 
uh, depending on the slate of games uh, that, that appear that week. But, I, you know, Mizzou cannot look ahead. they got to take care of this one first. Okay. Uh, another interesting line, Tennessee, South Carolina, balls favored by 12-and-a-half. I like Tennessee in this one, but I think it's closer than that. You know what? I'm, I'm going Oh, here it comes. On, on South Carolina. I, I dogged him in the beginning. Shane, I'm sorry. Shane, I'm sorry for doing this in the beginning. I'm taking South Carolina. I, I have zero faith in Joe Milton at this point. Uh, emotional pick here because it is in Neyland at 630, uh, which makes me feel crazy. Uh, but uh, I, I'm just – I'm going to take South Carolina in a really – close game again I think it's gonna be ugly um but I think Spencer Rattler, Rattler plays efficient enough to win this game and Joe Milton just flat out doesn't get it done I get it all right um Jalen Milrow Alabama gets Mississippi State I think the tide is going to once again roll um another one of those 14 and a half point spreads that I like Alabama in but did I just for whatever reason I, I didn't pull the trigger on this one either as far as betting it. Yeah, I I could see this one being a, uh, a tail whipping. So, we'll see. Cowbells will be ringing. That may, that may affect the, uh, the tide. But uh, I think, you know, I think Jalen, this is a good confidence builder game for him. This is a good game for him to get his feet below him, get ready for the home stretch. Um, you know, he, he needs to play well in this game, but he's no doubt the guy now. Hopefully he finds comfort in that, knowing that he is the guy. Um, nobody's staring over his shoulder. So let's hope he has a good week and I think Tide get it done. Yep. All right. Going back to the Big 12, BYU Cincinnati on Friday night. Winner of this game will have their first ever Power Five. Well, I guess not Power Five win, but first ever being in a Power Five conference win, uh, first Big 12 win. And uh, I'm going to take the home team. I'm going to roll with BYU. I think this is going to be a close game, but when it's when it's close, I like the home team. Yeah, I'm with you. BYU's been playing good ball, and uh, I only owe, it, owe the respect when they came into Razorback Stadium and beat us. Man, I, I'm rolling with them, baby. I'm rolling with right. them. So Provo is a you know sneaky, sneaky, uh, sneaky hard good to play. Yeah, you know those guys get pretty jacked up. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a late game, night game. So it'll be a nice environment for sure. Okay. All right. Texas Tech, do they finally get their get-right game this week against Houston in man. Lubbock? Oh, Jordan. Man, I you know, man, they lose this one, dude. We got we we got major, major problems going on. Down we Lubbock. don't even I, we don't even get to use the panic button if they lose this one. Yeah, no, we're just not even gonna talk especially, about the pod anymore. Especially at all. to Houston, who has Donovan Smith, the former Texas Tech exactly. transfer quarterback. You just it, it can't happen. Yeah, the backstory is here. Exciting. Uh, I, I think I think Tech gets it done in this game. Um, I do. That line is interesting at ten. Um, but yeah, give me give me Tech and uh, in a in a pretty decisive win. Let's give them a decisive yeah. win in this one. I, I would lean to Tech with the point uh, fading the point. So uh, Baylor, UCF, Golden Knights looking for their first Big Twelve win. Do they get it this week against Baylor? I, you know, I'd love to know more about Blake Shapin, um, uh, which uh, the fact that we haven't heard anything kind of maybe speaks volumes. But, yeah. Um, I, I'm taking the Golden Knights in this one in Orlando. Uh, should be a good game. Um, Baylor's just, man, without Shapin at the helm, uh, you, you can't bet on him. Can't do it. Okay. I agree. Uh, Oklahoma hosting Iowa State. 
Um, OU is now up to a 20 point favorite in this one. I, I think they roll. I think the, uh, the offensive output from last week for Iowa state was a fluke. And I think, I think Oklahoma shuts them down. Is there a small part of you that says these are the games that we've lost over the past five years though, that surprised you? The scary. I, I mean, bit? there are those games, but, and I could be wrong. I don't think Iowa state's that team. I, I think yeah. just, yeah, they're just that. I bad. don't either. I don't either. I, I don't okay. think Rocco Beck can, can duplicate what he did last week. So, All right. I don't. I don't. Um, wrap up West Virginia at TCU, which, you know, now you've got a battle of three and one teams. When are this game going to be four and one? And if not ranked, they'll be right on the doorstep. Um, I think this will be a good game. West Virginia's defense is a lot better than I, you know, expected and gave them credit for. Um, and I say all that, and I'm going to pick TCU. Just – I think TCU's starting to click, and I think West Virginia's luck's finally going to run out. Yep, I'm. Uh, I just can't see it. Not not in Fort Worth. Uh, I think TCU's role. TCU's just a better team. Just a better team. So let's. Uh, you know, I, I hate to rain on West Virginia's parade, but they just they have not played anyone uh, that they that they beat that that even has a pulse. So uh, this week they do though, and uh, TCU will roll. Okay. Well, we'll wrap up my big three bets for this week. Like I said, 17 to nine last year, two and one the first week. Big asterisk. I'm not happy about not being three. No, um, this and last week I took all favorites, Drew, you know, all, all, all favorites in their games this week doing the exact opposite, all the underdogs and I'm taking the points um, instead of laying them. So a couple of these should be obvious Arkansas. I, I predicted them to win. Well, I'm also getting six and a half points. So I like Arkansas with the six and a half. Um, South Carolina, who Drew picked in the upset. Well, uh, maybe they will. Either way, I'm taking the I'm taking the Gamecocks plus 12 and a half. Um, that's, that is far too many points from what we've seen out of Tennessee so far. And then final one, Rock Chalk. Kansas plus 17 in Austin. Um We've seen Texas sputter at times, and I, I think that that Kansas offense can do enough to score enough and keep it at least within two touchdowns. So those are the, th- the three bets, Arkansas, South Carolina, Kansas. Go make yourself some money and uh, thank us by sharing the pot around. And uh, other than that, Drew, I'll let you sign us off and hope you guys enjoy the games this week. All right, everybody, enjoy the games. Follow us on at Southern underscore Blitz. Reach out to us. I hope you enjoy the pod, and we will see you next week. Good luck to your team.